Hello listeners and welcome to another very exciting and awesome episode of Tea Time with me Charlie and me Megan and this week we are joined by Morrigan. Yeah hello again. Hello <laughs> and we are just we're, we are going to we'll discuss what we're drinking because uh, that's, a, that's a thing that we do here. Um, <laughs> Megan what are you drinking? I'm drinking cherry coke because what's the point in having teeth? Morgan, what are you drinking? <laughs> because it's actually kind of chilly, despite the fact we've had generally a lot of heat. I have a hot chocolate. Okay, that's oh, a mood. <laughs> can't go wrong with a hot chocolate. What about you, Charlie? Uh, I was drinking Dr. Pepper, but now I'm drinking lemonade because I have no Dr. Pepper left and my teeth are sad. That so, is sad. So today we're, we're, going to, we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to a lot of us in this chat. We are going to talk about video games. Yeah. <laughs> because video games are what? Awesome. Sorry, RuPaul. Oh, I thought you were going down the RuPaul route. Fundamental. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> video games are what? No. Um, and I, I, I want to say that I'm an absolute geek when it comes to video games, and I will happily wear that crown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would you say that you're a geek for video games, Morrigan? Oh, yeah. I mean, grew up on them. I'm the youngest of five, and most of my siblings are brothers, so they just introduce me to everything Yeah. very quickly. Some a little too early. Definitely a little too early. (laughs) But we're not going to talk about that. We probably will talk about it, actually. I'm looking at you, Resident (laughs) Evil 2. <laughs> I was Resident Evil 4 for me. I was traumatized. Yeah. Oh no. Traumatized, but ultimately dragged into the series. But oh yeah. yeah. It was the moment of like, oh my god, this is so horrifying. Went back to it a few days later. Oh, this is alright. <laughs> I know what's coming, it's fine. Oh but no. Before before we get into like franchises and all of these things, I have prepared a little a little bit of information for our lovely listeners who might have been living under a rock for the last 25 years. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> a video game, for those who don't know, is a piece is a piece of is a piece of electronic entertainment. And it can be it doesn't majority of people they assume it's just on a console, like an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Dreamcast or a Sega Sega Mega Drive or whatever yes. tickles your tickles your fancy. But people seem to forget that that includes mobile gaming as well now so people who play candy crush you are a gamer don't shy away from it i know you dave who's 40 and bold who sits <laughs> in the hairdressers playing candy crush you are a video gamer mate sorry shout out to my mum and her candy crush <laughs> <laughs> and video games come in all shapes and sizes and all different kind, kinds of genres so you've got your first person shooters like call of duty or you know, Medal of Honor or Poop of Honor, if you want to be that fancy. Uh, you've got your racing simulators like Mario Kart, Forza, Need for Speed, yes. all those fancy, fa- fancy like racing <laughs> ones that I don't play. Um, you've got your role-playing games, and then you've got your massive, mu- your massive multiplayer online games. I think I said that right. Which like I like your World right. of Warcraft, your uh, um, your Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Um, I'm trying to think what other ones are online actually. Uh, Stargate or something. I don't know. Um, again, not one I doubled in, but we've got experts who have. Uh, we've got the Battle Royales, 
platformers, strategy, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Yes. We And we all play different things here. Yeah. Megan, what do you play? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you come to me first? I don't play many <laughs> <laughs> we like we were having this conversation before i've played spyro for most of my lives <laughs> it's like the one game i've continuously played over and over yeah like, it's my life and then you've got like need for speed underground 2 which is like my go-to racing game yeah so oh and crash team racing we can't forget can't forget crash team that racing. gem yeah and Sly cooper which nobody talks about because nobody really knows about it naughty dog i've kind of forgotten about it's so rude. They were supposed to work out a fourth one, and I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna send no, it in a flight. Yeah. yeah. I'm so mad. It's been like they were supposed to bring out a series and other bits, and they brought out nothing. And I've just given up hating because there's not enough fans to support it. <laughs> they brought out Last of Us Two in uh, Last of Us instead. So <laughs> mature Sly Cooper, <laughs> but with more death. <laughs> and then sometimes play Rayman. That's a good game. Oh, yeah, Rayman as well. Yeah, so I mean, I don't play games that often, so I'm. No. But the same time, uni calls. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One time, <laughs> I messaged Morrigan because um, we were in a class, and I suddenly cut out of the call. Basically, when I turn my PlayStation on, it caused the internet to slow down, which kicked me out of the call. <laughs> <laughs> See. People who say video games aren't shouldn't shouldn't be prioritized. There is a reason why. Just that it told me it was like your mental health. You need to leave this call and just mm-hmm. cut me off. <laughs> well, that made, that take that takes me very very nicely onto my next point, which is that video games. A lot of people seem to forget that they are a, me- a method of self care, and yeah. obviously that we've we've spoken quite a bit about self care in our podcast this season. I think we mentioned it in Morrigan's interview. We'll be linked below. Go check it. And yep. <laughs> that self-care, especially in the turbulent times we're in right now, is so important. And yeah. video games, they help people kind of forget what's going on. They can, but at the same time, they relieve the stress. They are also there for people to socialize. The yeah. people who aren't people who would say are more introverted in fit in real life. They're probably a bit more extroverted or a bit more sociable on video games because they yeah. can live through their avatars or through their worlds they're creating on Minecraft or something like that. Actually, can I tangent in here a little bit on the video games and self-care? Because I big advocate for it because I was really not good at socialising as a teenager. Terrible yeah. at it. And mm-hmm. I um, got absolutely obsessed with uh, the Wind Waker, a Zelda game. And one of the things I found that was so important for me with that is that it gave me a purpose. Because yeah. the thing yeah. is, when you're a teenager, it's so hard to work out what you want to do. And, you know, you have all these pressures through, especially sort of GCSE, you're like told these are very important. They're not that important, really. No, um, no one's asked on me. No one's asked me about them since I like finished my degree. And even then they're like, did yeah. you did you pass English and maths? Oh, thank God you're in. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. it gave me something to do it gave me a purpose of something to aim towards every day when everything felt like a slog and I think that's one of the key things about video games I think is so important they yeah. create a sense of achievement and it is skill to do any yeah. of these games oh it yeah is. well 
that you'll you'll be quite um quite surprised. I do have some little known facts about video games that researchers have found, <laughs> but um, which is funnily enough is my next point. Uh, that researchers <laughs> when um, they found when studying people who play video games regularly compared to uh, people who don't who play who just play them on the off chance, people who do play video games regularly. Uh, they are more fluent in problem solving, so they are able to solve problems quicker and more efficiently. Uh, they can deal yeah. with multiple tasks at once, so they so they they can have multiple pressures. Or, uh, they can deal with it a bit better. They can regulate their emotions better, and yeah. they can deal with stressful situations a bit easier. And they can also distinguish and navigate social expectations. And for people who are dumb like me, and I had to Google this because I am dumb, that, <laughs> no, that basically not. means we know the difference between right and wrong and that we're more likely to follow society's expectation of what a good thing is compared to oh a bad, compared to doing, oh, I'm just going to shoot up everyone on GTA so I can do that in real life too. You know, we know that that's not right. Because There's no correlation know. between violent behaviour and video games. Exactly. If someone does something violent, they were already inclined to do it. And quite yeah. often it's yes. external sources. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say it, it's normally that moody Karen that's at church bugging that person to, to, to turn up. You know, that's why. <laughs> so maybe Karen, keep your nose out of it. Okay. Go play GTA, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot up a couple of innocent bystanders. It'll make you feel so much better. Yeah. And you won't... And you won't, and you'll realise that your husband is not cheating on you. He's just not interested in you anymore. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if she took on video games, maybe he would be like, "Yes, yeah. and get behind this." <laughs> maybe this Karen's become become different. Anyway, anybody who is called Karen who listens, this isn't a personal attack on you. I apologise. Um, we so, like to get a whole lot of hate mail. <laughs> that's okay. My crown will just become bigger. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on to my next point, I will be finished soon. I only have like three more points to make. But video gaming, and I think we can all agree, has massively evolved over the last 20 years alone. Yeah. That before, uh, a video game used to be what, about £15. You could go to any major retailer and you could purchase it. You could yeah. purchase them and they were widely available. And there wasn't much distinguish. Uh, there wasn't much. Much. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. There wasn't much difference between what it was on, what a game was on. It was on everything at the time. There wasn't exclusivity. Yeah. Just look back at the Harry Potter games when they came out. They were literally yeah. on every console going. Yes. Like, and that's how it used to be. Whereas now, if you flash forward 20 years to 2021, um they've changed the way video games are made uh, they have to keep up with the economic demand so they mean it means that video games they cost more to make because yeah. they have to keep up with what's in on trend and they're now seeing video games are becoming more and more seen as a service compared to a luxury because of how popular yeah. they are and some companies they have embrace that look at i'm talking to you talking to you ea if you are watching i'm pissed at you because you turned it in like you know i'll get onto that in a minute but, uh, <laughs> oh gosh I'm, see see i've got i've got i've got some steam trust me i've 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 you know i've kept quiet for too long and because of this evolution 
the way video games are produced and released have also changed. So yeah. I don't, I want you to think back to, let's say, Spyro on the PlayStation 1 or Wind Waker when it was released. Morrigan, yeah. just think back to when it was released all those years ago. <laughs> and when you bought that game, that game was whole, it was complete, it had, it probably had its bugs here and there, but it was main, it mainly, it was a full experience that you could experience all at once. Oh no, this is actually something I generally find really irritating because um, Nintendo's only recently shifted this. Um, mm -hmm. So I played Pokemon Shield, which is their most recent, well, they've got other ones coming in out, but the yeah. it's currently the most recent one out. And I remember playing the game and I was like really weirded out. I was like, this, I completed this in 30 hours. Normally like a full Pokemon game, you complete in about 50 plus hours. Yeah. That's yeah. Quite a, so I lost 20 hours of gameplay. And then a couple of months after it's released, they revealed the DLCs and I was like, oh, so you've just withheld part of the game from yeah. us. I yeah. wouldn't have minded so much if we were told, but I paid 50 quid for this game yeah. and it's not a full game. Yeah, And no, the DLCs cost on top of it. No. And the thing is, I don't mind DLCs. I really don't. But I don't think yeah. you should pay 50 quid for a game that isn't completed. No. Especially no. when... I used to pay 30 quid for the old games that were, mm. I would argue, more full. You know, maybe yeah. they don't look as good. But, but like, they were full of content. Yeah, yeah I also, have 500 like, plus hours on each of them, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, but it's like the fact you'd have the full game and then you'd open this box and it'd have a booklet and it'd have like art and different things in it. There's no like fun little booklets inside video games anymore. No. And also a little space to put put your uh, memory card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do miss that actually. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, it's all inside the game, the console now. <laughs> yeah. See, the... like... sorry, oh, I'm going to Sorry. I just it's it's the idea of like you don't buy the full game, you you buy yeah. part of the game, and you're having to pay for more. And I know that's been a thing yeah. for a really long time, and has been more common on consoles like PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't mind the idea of DLC, but it's like, I don't understand when the DLC feels like it should have just been part of the original, especially if you're paying 50 quid. That's a lot of money to invest yeah. in something. You know, yeah. I expect if I'm spending 50 quid that I am going to get the a full, full game and I'm going to get a yeah. good amount of time of investment out mm -hmm. of it, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And I do have a point about Nintendo coming up. But like, sit, sit, I've done my research, guys. Be proud of me. And I am proud. So before, a company would make, from start to finish, throughout a game's production, they would make the entirety of it, including any extras that they would want to include, like mini games or any extra, like, extra bosses or extra, extra levels. And whereas now... They make they make a game. They try most AAA studios make a game in its entirety, then yeah, but they don't. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky. That the most companies they make a game, and they do make the entire thing, but they keep they withhold some of it for the day one release. So the, when the day one when the day one release goes out, a minimal a minimal product goes out. So yeah. then they can address any software issues, any bugs, all of this. But that's because how games are made, they are more digital now. Yeah. And just have a look at Cyberpunk, you know, Cyberpunk. Oh, I own Cyberpunk. <laughs> I played it on day one and it is, it is much better now 
However, yeah. you know, it again, this is where this is where the the evolution has kind of broken down and doesn't work. But the reason why companies withhold some, some things and then add it later is to expand a game's lifespan. A game's lifespan yeah. would generally, in, ter- in terms of research, and if you look back at when games were released and how long they stay relevant, it's normally about yeah. a year. Well, normally, yeah. a year, normally about a year, unless it's an exceptional game. Like if you look at um, for over the last 20 years, especially the games that have lived past their age, The Last of Us, when that was released in 2011, that was still relevant in 2020, hence when, hence Last of Us 2 came out. And if you look at any uh, Final Fantasy VII in particular, that came out in 1997. The the next installment in the series came out six months later. Yeah. But seven was seven seven stayed relevant up until the early 2000 early 2000s, when they decided to do a whole load of funky shit with it and added extra stuff to it and they made it a whole clusterfuck and I blame Namora but I love him so I can't blame him um there's a whole lot but, of emotions in that sentence there isn't yes. there? <laughs> but that is why a lot that the companies they do they do this to expand the lifespan because they know that if they can milk it as much as possible fans yeah. will still keep coming back they will still pay extra and Nintendo funnily enough were are one, are one of the are probably still one of the only companies to this day as in May 2021 that are still evolving their own ethos on on releasing video games and in terms of Pokemon I did like I did have a point about Pokemon Pokemon Sword and Shield they were not developed entirely by Nintendo they were developed by a third a third party developer as well as Game Freak. And that's why there's been a slight hiccup with their release schedule. But yeah. Nintendo, they, they have got their own ethos. If you look at Breath of the Wild, they... Yeah. Oh no, Breath of the Wild, the DLC for that is totally different. Breath of the Wild is a full on. game. And I actually want to yeah. bring up Animal Crossing in regard to it as well, which yeah. I won't say it's one of my favourite games, but I, I have almost 200 hours on it, so clearly I like it. Um, <laughs> yep. But the way that they did that, where you're getting these constant updates of, you know, new events, new items, new abilities, like it's a year on and I've never played an Animal Crossing game for more than maybe six months before yeah. giving up and losing interest. Yeah. So in this time, I think they actually made the longevity of it really well. Mm-hmm. Because this constant updating means that even a year on, we're getting new content to make yeah. the game interesting, you know, new events, new items, a way yeah. to decorate your item, you know, your island differently. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think they've got it right on some things, but Sword and Shield was definitely a big disappointment yeah. in that, especially because it felt like so much of it was so much of it was about this, like, you know, look how pretty it is. Yeah. yeah. Look, we've look at how all these Pokemon are you know moving in the environment, which was beautiful. I'm not gonna lie to you, it took my breath away. <laughs> I was so excited. But the plot was the plot okay. was it was not as <laughs> The plot in itself, were, it was just a very generic, here, you are the cho- you are the chosen one. Defeat the champion and you will become, you know, you'll save the world. It's very been there, done that. And, it was yeah. kind of weird, especially coming off of, like, Sun and Moon in particular, which I know people have their issues with that and how text-heavy it was, but I will say the plot line of those games, especially Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, were actually pretty darn good. 
Yeah. And yeah. really interesting. It had really fully fleshed out characters that I got really attached to, even if occasionally I was like, can I get on to a Pokemon battle now? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, that's again, that I think because obviously Pokemon itself is transitioning into a whole new a whole new identity that it's in many ways it is still trying to find what works and what doesn't work yeah. and I think Sword and Shield however much it ha- pains me to say it they were that was the prototype that was like oh does this work okay yes it works in some cases but most of the time it doesn't so then they can move yeah. on to the next one which I'm very looking forward to the Diamond and Pearl remakes because <gasps> I grew up with Diamond and Pearl Same. I had Diamond I'm so excited and actually, I like the style change they've done for it. I know some people are like, it's really weird and chippy. And I'm like, no, but I'm the glad thing. they're not going for this, like the sort of, it's not really realism. It's still super stylized in Sword and Shield, yeah. but I'm glad yeah. they're not doing that. Yeah. It's still, I don't it's know, it took captured, away something. Yeah, but it's captured, in many ways, it's captured the nostalgia that when it came out, it's still similar in style and people, yeah. and that's what makes it, I just love, diamond and pearl because it was so, that people shit on that sit that particular era because it's like <laughs> oh it's not very challenging it's like have you tried to, to, to defeat the champion have you tried actually, cynthia is actually the hardest champion to beat for a whole load of reasons i watched a video by birdkeeper toby explaining why she's considered such a hard boss mm. and why yeah. she's considered the toughest one it's partly to do with how well she's strategized, but also the fact that she has access to Pokemon that you'll have had no chance to see beforehand, so you don't know how to fight them, which is different yeah. now, but at the time when it was new, that's why she was so difficult. Yeah. But also, yeah. I have a very fun fact about uh, Dinehold. <laughs> they are actually the slowest running games of all of the Pokemon games. Yeah. The speed you walk at, the speed of the transitions in battles, how long it takes moves to go, everything is slower than any other game. Oh. I kind of like that, though. I don't. I'm impatient. <laughs> yeah, he wants to get through like, it. I went from playing like um, like Omega Ruby and Alpha to replaying Diamond at one point, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm tiptoeing across <laughs> the terrain. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it, again, it's that like, that's what, that because of it, it had such a legacy and it was so prominent to and the people who who are grew up with it then are the people who are going to be buying it when it comes out as as well as children and that's what video game producers and companies they started to tap into the whole remake market we only need to look at remake of two resident evil two and three uh they uh square enix they remade the tomb raider like survivor trilogy they've remade so many titles are being remade because there because of the nostalgia and the amount of people who they know that all they need to do is smack a remake out and people will eat it up look at the ratchet and clank remake that came out in 2016 people loved they made a movie a very crap one (laughs) but they made a movie and you know that people ate it up because it's ratchet and clank the nostalgia of it is yeah I'm actually a big fan of remakes. I know some people really aren't, but I think remakes can do a lot and also yep. draw in yeah. a new audience. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of Resident Evil, I had actually only played four particularly well. Like that's the one I grew up on. I didn't have access to the others as a kid. I played Code Veronica with a friend and enjoyed that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but like Resident Evil 2 and 3, I'd never played until the remake. So the remakes, first of all, were a really good introduction. I know Resident mm-hmm. Evil 3, people have issues of it not really being a remake, but more of a remastering. <laughs> and I understand that yeah. now that I yeah. know what the original game was like. But it drew me in to play the originals as well yeah. as yeah. the remakes. But without the remakes, I'm not sure I would have done. No. You know? Yeah. yeah. See, I know I'm I'm in the exact I'm in the same camp. I'm like, bring me a bring me a remake. I'll play it. I will because it, yeah. because any I know I know that they these producer these video game product producers they will they want to bring something new. They want to bring in a new audience, and at the same time they know that fans of the original are going to be there scrutinizing it from head yeah. to toe. And like just look, staying on Resident Evil Two, that Megan knows when this. Well, we were at uni when this came out, and yep. for the months leading up to it, I was just like, Resident Evil Two is coming out. Resident Evil Two is coming out. Resident Evil yep. Two is coming out. And I was literally, she was there when I bought it, and I was yes. dying in the queue. I was like, oh, I have it. <laughs> and yeah, Resident Evil Two remake has its detractors. It has. There are things that make it not as good as the original however it was the perfect remake it captured what it was supposed to do it captured the familiarity while bringing in a new audience new mechanics and shaking up the series yet again and that's what a remake should do well yeah it can't just be a standard thing exactly the same i actually think resident evil 2 remake is actually the resident evil game i played the most it is just so fun to play yeah it is it's just so much it works super well the mechanics flow great and the pacing of the story is just i think actually probably one of the best pacing in a resident evil game because they can be a bit dodgy sometimes with their <laughs> yeah, pacing they can be oh, no. but it's like the whole remake market is well just, again i'm going to draw you i'm going to draw you to final fantasy 7 remake obviously i'm a big fan of final fantasy and i will talk about it an awful lot but yep. The remake itself, the company knew that fans would want it, and they knew that these fans would scrutinise every single thing that was would be on screen at every given moment. And like again, it's not only brought in a new audience. Like I know, I looked, I was looking at the numbers. That only fifteen percent of the people who bought Final Fantasy VII remake are traditional fans. That means oh. that 85% of the people who bought 7 Remake were new people, people who had that's never played going. it before. And that and it, and that's what video game pe- producers want. They want more people to reach out to. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's also a thing of with older games is that sometimes they can be really hard to get hold of or exactly. you don't have the system anymore to play on. I mean, I still have mm-hmm. like my PlayStation 2 and things like that and my Nintendo 64. Yeah. Not everyone does. And also some of those things are now impossible to get hold of unless you have a lot of cash you're willing to let go of. Yeah. So remakes are a great way to make these old games accessible again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And see, if you, like, I, I obviously I own a Switch, Nintendo Switch, and when they announced that they were bringing a whole load of old titles to the Switch as like downloadable, con- and not like download and download versions, not physical versions, I was yeah. like, brilliant, I can relive a series again on my yeah. Switch. Like, it would be just like playing it on the PlayStation 1 or the PlayStation 2. The only thing is Nintendo, what the fu- where the fuck is the Nintendo 64 and GameCube games? Come on! Yeah, that was the weirdest Be thing, that- but I 
<laughs> I'm presuming it's a remake thing again and also wanting yeah. to milk their own franchises because they all do well. So it makes yeah. sense to hold them off if they want to remake them or yeah. send them back. Because they had the remastered uh, Mario ones where it had like, was it? Mario, Super Sunshine. I can't remember the yeah. others that were in it. But like the classic Mario ones that they'd re sort yeah. of mastered for it. I'm yeah. imagining that's probably what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nintendo, Nit, Zelda's 35th is this year. Come on, please. <laughs> we, we expect something. We, we can't just have Skyward Sword, although Skyward Sword is great. Please. I love Skyward Sword. <laughs> I still think it's one of my all-time favorite games. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. fantastic. But please, we need more. Twilight Princess. <laughs> I'm sure they'll sort something. They'll sort something. They've probably got it in the works. There's like somebody right there that knows what's happening. Yeah, exactly. We can't begin to know what the Nintendo cog is going to pull out next. No, we don't. How long did we wait for those remakes? Uh, we well, when did they came out? They came out in like two thousand and seven, didn't they? Two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. Something so, ridiculous. Something ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know it's partly because like um, Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald took so long to get a remake, but still. But still, <laughs> like at the same time though, Diamond and Pearl were beloved by fans. They although they, yeah. it's the it's the forgotten era. Like, it's the one that's like, oh, do you remember Diamond and Pearl? Yeah, but I don't remember it that well. Like, the thing is, is that it did a lot to change the series, I think. And I think it also, it took a lot of risks that previous games didn't. Mm -hmm. Like, it was starting to push itself forward. Because I'm also a big fan of Black and White and Black and White 2, where yeah. they yeah. really try to push the box. Though a lot of that kind of aesthetically <laughs> really didn't work. Yeah. But I think it was the first, like, time they really started pushing into grander narratives yeah you know yeah and i just think um dialga and, and palkia are just excellent like pokemon i just think they're also <laughs> i mean it also gave that generation gave what i would say the best mystery dungeon games explorers of time um and darkness, darkness and sky mm -hmm. are yeah. heartbreaking yep. savage games that they had no right to go that hard in a kid's game. I'm still <laughs> crying years later. Oh, but no. like, though, that generation, I think, really did a lot for the storytelling because that's also the generation we have like um, Pokemon Rangers. They kind of borderlined third and fourth gen, yeah. Um, yeah. which I also think is a fantastic spin-off. But it's that whole DS era, which I think in general was really, really strong. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think that, Again, that that shows like the evolution of video game storytelling. That now, yeah. a lot of video games that are story heavy, you have to go find that story. It's it's normally hidden in a greater world, whereas before the story was right in front of you, you just had to yeah. be patient enough or be invested enough to read it and to be engaged with it. So, and like, again, I'm going to bring up Breath of the Wild because I think Breath of the Wild shook up so much that obviously I'm a, I'm a very, very big Zelda fan. I'm mad at Breath of the Wild for many things, but I love it for, because of those things. Like the, the whole fact, the whole idea is that literally you, the story is out there. It's optional. You can go get it if you want to, but yeah. you can just go up to the final boss with a wooden spoon and you can kill him with a wooden spoon. You know, you can you can do that. But and whereas <laughs> compared to before, if you look at 
the likes of Wind Waker or even Ocarina of Time, like literally the the OG 3D Zelda, you yeah. were the story was there. Like literally, you were involved in that story from the moment you turned the game on to the moment you finished it. <laughs> but I I mean I think this also depends what you prefer. I mean mm-hmm. I prefer the world is really fun and I could I've spent hours on it, but I'm really invested in stories and I think the story mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild is its weakest point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's not necessarily bad. Like I really enjoy the quest where you go out and find your lost memories. I think you get some really heartbreaking moments, especially ones around like Zelda trying desperately to actually communicate with the goddess who was communicated with all her ancestors, but not her, and this sort of like mm. heartbreak that oh, goes gosh. around it. But it doesn't really delve into it very much. No. Really. And it feels very surface level and skimmed. And I know some people probably don't mind that. But I think after these really grand adventures, it felt kind of boring in comparison. Yeah. See, <laughs> like, I, th- I was like, I should go around and just hit shit again. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, the when it came to, like, thinking literally the last 3D Zelda that came before was Skyward Sword. And people shat on Skyward Sword because it was too story heavy. It was like, yeah. oh, literally, it's it, it was so, you had so much story and not enough time to enjoy the game. But I think it was the complete opposite. That's how Zelda, yeah. that's what Zelda thrives on. The, and also, I, the Skyward Sword, story. I know some people don't, like, there is no real Zelda timeline. Nintendo's no. just jumped on the bandwagon because all the fans liked it. But let's be real, there isn't really a there is, timeline. Just, it just happens whenever, you know. <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes together. I think it's fun to theorise how things connect or go, oh, I remember that from another game. Or, oh, that looks like it relates. Yeah. I think that's the fun of it. Yeah. But I think Skyward Sword had such a good, compelling story. It had the best relationship between Link and Zelda, I think, yeah. in any of the games. Yeah. It felt really fleshed out. And Girahim is a fantastic villain. He he's also probably the like again just queer energy in a in a character. I'm sorry, like I'm I I'm he is well both him and Fi or Fee, both of them. Fee is how, I always say Fee. It's see again that this is it's pronunciations argument. <laughs> this is this is what happens with the Zelda community. We just argue all the time. We just no. go with it. <laughs> They're all right. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> But oh no! Again, like you know, but if you think about it, like you know, what Breath of the Wild did in terms of it, it had excellent character development. It had excellent, like the characters itself in in the world were so fleshed yeah. out. It was brilliant. But the the story to boost them up was not good enough. Like yeah. I absolutely love Zelda, Daruk, and. All the champions. Urbosa can step on me anytime. I will love her forever. They <laughs> did that girl dirty. Can I, can I have a tangent here, though? I do have an issue with how the Gerudo are used in Zelda, specifically because it kind of leads into that fetishization of women of colour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, yeah. I don't understand how they have this entire community of women and they're like, oh, we can only have children if we go out and find men. And I'm sitting here going, clearly the gender is a cultural thing. Yeah. Fran, like that, I don't see why everyone here has a vagina. I have a feeling you don't really need to go out and find men. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I have an issue with all that. And there's this really sort of dodgy scene where you go to get the um, Val costume to be able to get in. 
yeah. to the Grifo yeah. city and they have this sort of moment where the character you go to they say a man snuck in and it kind of blows up showing the beard and it's supposed to be this kind of funny moment but it just comes across incredibly sort of transphobic yeah. and the entire no, thing that's... becomes dodgy and especially because the Gerudo women are the only ones in provocative clothing and are the only consistently people persistent people of color in it it's yeah. i don't know i have issues yeah. despite the fact i like river as a character and i really like the gerudo and i love the sort of desert culture that's going on but i have a lot mm. of issues around it that i don't think they've addressed yeah. yet no yeah. see i think there's again this is where this is we could probably do a whole podcast on just zelda <laughs> because literally it it is a clusterfuck of things that the entire series and obviously it's got 35 years of legacy but i yeah the the gerudo themselves that nintendo have done an all right job of trying to cover up why they are a certain way but it's not okay why they're covering it up and yeah the again like i said we could probably do a whole podcast on the on zelda but yeah <laughs> then but drawing back to the the whole idea of remakes Spyro was remade literally one for yeah. one was remade yeah but they had loads of problems with that yeah because they released that you bought all three games on one disc but when you got home one was on the disc first game was on the disc and the other two you had to download yeah which made no sense so you've just paid for a game where it's not even all on the disc all on the disc so it's like yeah. why although it was the most beautiful remake like mm -hmm. completely stunning scenes yeah but although they got rid of my favorite glitch i didn't really like doing the sea world one probably controversial and you could basically <laughs> swim and dive off the map and complete it without actually doing it <laughs> <laughs> and then they boxed it off so you couldn't do that anymore <laughs> uh. i hurt my soul i mean i was going sort of onto that uh note what you said about like some of it being downloadable i i mean i have games that are just downloaded but i am like obsessed with having physical copies of my games yes because i do not trust having digital a digital copy. copy of something yeah same it like, feels it like get something, stolen it can get taken away and also depending on what it's being stored on you could lose it potentially you yeah. know as things become obsolete over time you know even like the 3ds there are games on there that you can no longer download or get anymore so if you took it off your ds they're That'd gone yeah yeah absolutely gone and there's nothing yeah. you can do about that so you have to leave them on but obviously things only have so much storage and what if you took them off going like oh i'll re-download it when i you know want to play yeah. it again I don't yeah. like that at all. I like having the physical copy, but also it's nice to have a shelf where you can see what games you want and what you fancy, whereas yeah. I don't like scrolling through trying to hunt for something. <laughs> no. It's also part of like the like the process of playing a game, like you you going up to your shelf or into your footstool like I do, and you're like, oh, what game do I play today? And you're actually physically choosing. Yeah. Um, get the case out and you do that that whole there's something cathartic in that and I really I know I like that. I'm a sucker for routine I can't <laughs> you know. I also think it's the idea of like when you're spending that much money on something as well it feels better when you have a physical item yes yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. if only like... Animal Crossing I got that physically I oh. so much time is was is invested in that game if it corrupts I think I actually cry <laughs> Oh gosh, corruption is like the scariest word in 
games, I swear. Yeah. Oh no, I had the most heartbreaking experience at the beginning of last year. My copy of Omega Ruby, which I had, I think over 700 hours clocked in on, corrupted. Yeah. Oh no. And I can't. The only thing, all the Pokemon that were in my party, which was like my main ones, I can't access. I could get all the others from my storage box. Oh no. Like this is a game where I had completed the Pokedex. I had like done all the extra stuff. Oh, I had a no. ridiculous, and it, it's dead. It's gone. And I suppose I think oh. physical copies aren't necessarily a guarantee either. No, but- they used to corrupt in that on playstations do you remember the good old ps2 you'd get like you corrupt every game that you'd saved on that card if one yeah. thing went wrong every game was like peace <laughs> like you wanted your progress bye fucker <laughs> yep. yeah. oh no oh, my man. system missaved a game and corrupted every game on that sd card after that i was like you're having your own and i'm having my own <laughs> and you are dead to me <laughs> Oh, I was like a few steps from completing the Simpsons hit and run and she corrupted the entire thing and it was gone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've never completed that game because I cannot put myself in that position ever again. Yeah. I, I will say, I think getting cause of fake games, I feel like it's a thing to talk about because my actually original copy of Emerald turned out to be a fake and it deleted the yeah. save data when you can when you beat the Elite Four, and I didn't know until that no. point. <laughs> oh, no. Which I would like to mention, I have never been more sad in my life. I, <laughs> I cried for days. But I, I bet. Like finding fake games tends to be harder with modern ones, I found. Like, I yeah. very, I don't think any time I bought a very, like, you know, a game from like the last 10 years, secondhand, that I've had yeah. any issues with getting fakes. But anything no. older than that, I see oh, those yeah. issues all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I don't. Th- this is the thing with my, all my old copies of games. I've I'm I'm just a hoarder. I've just kept them. I'm just Thanks. like I'm never getting rid of this. I'm like I'm like Grom. Uh, I was going to say Gromit, but it's not Gromit. Gollum, oh. dearie me. Yeah. Like, like there's me <laughs> just stroking my 21 year old copy of Final Fantasy Nine. Just like, my precious. It's scratched <laughs> to fuck, but at the same time, I'm like, no. It is mine. Oh, that's like, yeah, no, I have that with my original Spyro games. They're so old and ruined because I played them so much that the music doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> like, you play the game and there's no audio, or there is, and it sounds like somebody's beaten the absolute shite out of the audio. <laughs> I, know, I have my original copy of Pokemon Snap, which is a Nintendo yeah. 64 cartridge. <laughs> And I'm like, it's never going anywhere. It's staying. No. I haven't pulled out my Nintendo 64 in years, but oh, it's not God. going anywhere. <laughs> no, exactly. My parents, we had this problem. We had our Sega Mega Drive in the roof space, and my dad was like, we should sell it. And we all got into like fights, and like, you're not selling that. That is our childhood. We played Aladdin all the time. How dare you? I know the cheat codes to that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. See, one, one thing that I know, and I'm, I'm, I think it's quite a controversial, um, like question. This, but do you think that video games should before should be announced years in advance? I don't think it matters, honestly. That's not something I think about. Um, I'm actually terrible at keeping up with what games are coming out anyway. Quite often, I'll yeah, be like, same. "Oh shit, this is out," and it will have been <laughs> out for six months or something. Yeah, yeah same. 
I think it depends because like this whole thing of like building up the hype too early and losing it by the time the game yeah released. Yeah. Well, if you um, with say Resident Evil Two Remake, they announced that they were working on that in 2015, and yeah. then there was nothing. There was no information for three years. Nothing. There was no. There was no word on it. The fans were scared it'd been cancelled because there was nothing. And then in 2018, they were like, whoop, here's Leon, but fresh baby face killing a zombie. And like, and, and that was, you know, I think that's a good time to announce it. They announced they were doing it, but they did. They said yeah. nothing. But then again, if you look back at the, and Morrigan, I don't know whether you're familiar with the tragedy of Final Fantasy XV, I'm not, but this no. sounds heartbreaking. They announced, <laughs> basically they announced um, in the days of 13, in, in the, when PlayStation 3 was like at the top of its game, it was the best console at the time. They announced Final Fantasy versus 13. And it's like, it was going to be this big open world, really flashy game. that was going to yeah. be like an add-on to a, to a Final Fantasy title. But then they showed off too much. And they were like, oh, oh shit, no. we actually can't make this work on this console. So they were like, oh, we're going to delay it. And oh, then we're no. going to delay it. And oh, we're going to no. show some more. And then we're going to delay it. And literally, it took them 10 years to get it right. And <laughs> it took them two console generations to get it right. But they, it, it, they basically showed off so much of this, of this first version that the company would like, actually, no, we're changing the name, we're changing the title, <laughs> it's going to come out on a different console, different engine, different director, everything. Oh, no. And they, and again, that is when they announced it too early, it was nowhere near ready, and it was, again, it was an ambitious project, but building, they built the hype, people were expecting it to come out at a certain time, when it didn't, yeah. it killed the vibe and they were like oh is it actually ever going to come out and inevitably it didn't yeah. and it came out as something different and it was incomplete and it was crap come oh, at God. me Final Fantasy 15 fans fuck you oh my god <laughs> oh, Too no. I think that's the difference though between like because I feel like Nintendo tends to have it down I know we keep bringing up Nintendo yeah. but they Nintendo have like awesome. it down to an art at the minute because yeah. they always announce things with I think maybe sort of like a year to six months, sometimes two years about them. Yeah. And I think yeah. that tends to work really well for them because the hype is building up right until the release. Yeah. But you haven't had time to be disappointed in any delays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, I'm really excited about Bloodlines 2 Vampire the Masquerade because I love the original yeah. one so much. It's dodgy as shit. I would not play it <laughs> if it wasn't for all the glitches. They're so oh, fun. No. Yeah. Um, but this second one's like this, that game is like, over 20 years old and this remake has been advertised and spoken about for so long and yeah. the release date's been pushed back I think twice already and I'm sitting here going I'm a bit worried because the last one actually yeah. technically wasn't released because the company that made Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines actually went bankrupt just before mm. its release so no. it was technically never finished and um, but it still became like a sort of like they so call it like a cult classic game. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, oh, I feel like this is not a good sign for this new one. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not. This is not looking great, guys. No. Well, if you if you look at Nintendo literally in the last year, they or the last two years, they announced that Animal Crossing was coming to the Switch 
in 2017, I think it was. And they and it was after Isabel was announced for Super Smash Brothers. And they were like, oh yeah. And we, you know, it, it means you can't work on your new island. Holy shit, Animal Crossing's coming to the Switch. And then there was nothing for like yeah. a year. And they said, here, we've got this new Animal Crossing game coming. However, due to the pandemic, we are delaying it. Or due yeah. to something, they delayed it. And then they released it slightly earlier than their delay the, than the delay time because of the pandemic or something along those lines. And yeah, I was sort of keeping an eye on it. The time is that they didn't want to put their staff at risk, so they gave a sort of larger estimate than they expected for when it would yeah. be ready by, because they yeah. didn't yeah. want to put that pressure on people during a bloody pandemic. You know, no. no. I tell you one thing that the Animal Crossing has probably, and I think a lot of people and a lot of the listeners can agree that Animal Crossing kept a lot of people sane during lockdown. It was the only way I saw people. That's how I've been going on dates with my girlfriend at one yeah. point. We've done a few Animal Crossing dates. We've moved to Minecraft now, but I'm not sure if that's an upgrade or a downgrade. Oh, no. <laughs> it, again, Minecraft is one of those games that we could talk about for ages because there's so many things with oh, Minecraft. There is. Okay. <laughs> Fun fact, I've had Minecraft for over a year, but it is only in the last four days that I've played continuously because my girlfriend set up a server for us and our friends. And yeah. I've never found Minecraft that fun. I don't enjoy playing it on my own, but playing it with people is spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I think that's the beauty of some games being multiplayer, that they ju- you just can't play them on your own. Yeah. That's the point, but <laughs> yeah, they're multiplayer. That might be a hint in that. Though that Minecraft, I know a lot of people enjoy on their own. I think yeah. it's just yeah. I find doing something repetitive without talking to someone really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, th- and I think that's you know what a lot of people think. But we should probably end this episode soon because I know that we could literally, our listeners aren't going to want to listen to another hour of me and <laughs> Morgan talking about video games and Megan just sitting there. I'm going to have to, I know, I know gonna you're have here. to do a, you're going to have to do like a, a like game specific episodes at some point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think we'll definitely have to do that for season three. So listeners out there, watch out because we've got a lot of things in the works. We've got, we've got lots of things. Yeah. As it, well, we are, we are working on season three and Morrigan will be part of it. Don't worry. Yes. yes. Can't get rid of me now. Can't get rid of me. Entwined for life. Yeah. <laughs> I get to pop in and have to do none of the work. It's great. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> but listeners, what are your vi- favourite video games? Why do you play video games? Is it to piss off your mum or your stepdad because they tell you you shouldn't do it? Or is it to is or is it because you like them? Or is it because you have OCD like me and you have to make sure that your flowers are in perfect lines on your island, or otherwise <laughs> it will you'll never be able to sleep ever again? Oh no! But yeah, yeah. definitely let us know across all our different yeah. social media platforms. Let us know. We are here. We don't bite unless we're in a game and you interrupt us. Then we will bite because I do bite. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh. Please you. only bite with consent, please. Yes. We will bite yes. with consent. We will warn <laughs> you before we do so. <laughs> Ask your permission, please, sir. Can I bite you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
dear. But thank you, Morrigan, for joining us. I know it's been a, a whirlwind as always. <laughs> thank you for having me. I hope to come back again. Of course. You, you will be back. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, but uh, thank you for listening. We will, we will have this episode up at some point, obviously. And we will have another exciting episode next week. So this has been Tea Time with me, Charlie. Me, Megan, and our special guest, Morgan.